In our ongoing efforts to educate and communicate, we feature our healthcare providers in conversation on Shepherd Center Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to Shepherd Center Radio. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're debunking common myths about multiple sclerosis. Joining me is Dr. Jacqueline Rosenthal. She's a neurologist at Andrew C. Carlos Multiple Sclerosis Institute with Shepherd Center. Dr. Rosenthal, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Before we get into some myths and debunking them, tell us a little bit about what MS is. Do we know the cause, the different types? Give us just a brief overview. So multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune condition where the central nervous system, the brain and the spinal cord are affected um, that can cause various symptoms. And there are a couple different types of multiple sclerosis, mainly relapsing remitting MS, which is the most common type of MS. Um, In that type, patients tend to present with episodes of symptoms that will occur and then may improve partially or completely afterwards. And then there's also a progressive type of MS whereby symptoms um, are really sort of just progressing over time from the very onset of the disease. So then let's clear up some myths because someone gets a diagnosis, it can be very, very scary. And for other people that don't really understand the condition, again, it can be very scary. So let's clear up some of these myths. And the first one is that it's a fatal or terminal disease. That's unfortunately a common myth that is out there. And the truth is that it's it's usually nearly all of the time not. Majority of folks with multiple sclerosis have a normal lifespan. So while in very rare cases of multiple sclerosis, there can be uh, risk of death just in the sense of our higher risk of death occurring in the sense of some of the complications that can occur in severe MS, the vast majority of people with MS do experience a normal lifespan. Let's just kind of go through this list. Another one that I've heard a lot is that it always causes significant physical disabilities and that everyone with MS eventually ends up in a wheelchair. Right. That's another really common myth. And the truth is that the majority of people with MS do not end up in a wheelchair and do not have any significant gait impairment. And it's really hard sometimes as when you have MS to remember that The symptoms and disease course that you may experience is going to be completely different from someone else with MS. It's such a uh, variable disease, and you really can't compare your symptoms to anyone else's because it's just always different. Um, Different symptoms are involved, different um, severity of symptoms, different frequency of symptoms. And so the other thing to keep in mind is that the treatments for MS have changed significantly over the past 10, 20 years. And so we are, you know, really good now at, you know, shutting down MS with regard to relapses and trying to um, prevent additional symptoms from accruing. And so when patients are able to come in, especially early on and get on treatment, treatment, a lot of the time they are able to lead a fairly um, normal life with regard to how they are able to get around and function, working, family, and, and a lot of other various like functional activities. Well, you answered a couple of the other myths in that answer, and thank you so much, Dr. Rosenthal, that MS is the same for everyone, which you just said it's not. And you talked about how recently there's really been an explosion of new treatments. Tell us about the myth that there are no cures or effective treatments for MS. 
So, right. You know, there, there is no cure for MS right now, meaning that we can't make the disease completely go away. It is something that, you know, as a patient, you would have to live with. But that doesn't mean that we can't stop the symptoms and treat the symptoms. And so, again, we have medications that are really good at, at oftentimes, for a lot of patients, stopping MS attacks. We also have treatment for MS symptoms. So, you know, we, when we look at MS treatment, there's, you know, one category is these disease-modifying treatments where we are trying to prevent someone from accruing additional lesions and demyelinating attacks. And then sometimes when someone has symptoms from prior attacks, whether it be pain or, or spasticity, um, we have symptoms for that as well. And that's really to just um, help someone to feel better, quality of life issues. So we really are equipped to address a lot of these. And for that reason, absolutely, it's a, it's a big myth that we don't have treatment because we certainly do. And what about for women with MS? Can they have children or should they not have children if they have MS? Right. And so this is another important issue that I like to address with um, a lot of my patients. And it comes up a lot just because, you know, a lot of women are of that age, childbearing age, when they uh, may be first diagnosed. And um, again, that's another myth. And so women um, can uh, get pregnant with MS. Having MS in and of itself is not going to cause harm to your child. It just takes planning. It's something that, you know, we encourage families to discuss with their neurologist. The truth of the matter is that when, during pregnancy, women with MS tend to do well. The immune system wants to behave a little better, and so they do pretty well off of treatment. It's during the few months following delivery that sometimes the MS can um, become a little bit more active. And so that's when, again, you know, with really good communication between, you know, the patient and the, the neurologist, pregnancy is something that can be achieved, and um, the MS can be controlled. Well, along those lines, then, some people feel if they have MS, they cannot have a sex life. And you've just debunked that myth, yes? Correct. So now, I've heard other ones that treatment isn't necessarily needed for milder cases. Is that true? In rare cases, that may be true. And again, that kind of goes along with the, to the, with the myth that MS is the same for everyone. Um, I try, you know, I try, I tell patients that sometimes you, MS can be extremely mild with such infrequent symptoms that you may look back after so many years and have to ask yourself, do I even have this disease? And, and, and that's possible. It can be real, you know, very, very mild in that regard. And then on the other hand, it can be very aggressive with a lot of symptoms. Now, the vast majority of people do require treatment, but in rare cases, um, with the, if the disease is very inactive, treatment may not be required if you're able to show through monitoring that there hasn't been any additional symptoms. And then on the um, other hand as well, sometimes after someone has had MS for quite some time, um, the MS in itself doesn't really present with as many symptoms. And for that reason, treatments may not be required at that time. But it's a very individualized uh, topic that needs to be taken on a case-by-case basis. Well, thank you for that answer. So what about having an exacerbation? Does that mean your medication or your treatment is no longer working? It could be for some people. And again, and I keep you know, saying this over and over again that you know, we look at everything individually. Some people who have um, maybe very active disease where they're having um, a lot of relapses um, in a short period of time with treatment, they may go from having, you know, 
five or six relapses a year to less than one, and in which case you may say that the treatment is working. Um, and on the other hand, someone may not have relapses as frequently, and so when they do have one, that is maybe a little bit of a stronger indication to change treatments. Um, none of the medications are perfect, so it is possible to still have disease activity while you are on treatments. The main purpose, again, is to reduce it, and our goal was always to stop it completely. We have enough, I would say, you know, disease-modifying treatments that are available now where, I, you know, a lot of providers, their threshold to change treatments um, is a lot lower than it has been in the past. So as we wrap up, I'd love for you, because I'm so glad that you cleared up so many of those important myths, I'd love for you to discuss maintaining a healthy lifestyle, living with MS, and what patients can expect as far as living that healthy lifestyle, managing their expectations, and what you feel it's important for them to know about exercise, nutrition, and managing their mental health. Right. Those are all really important with um, MS. You know, I talked about symptomatic management and disease-modifying treatment, but wellness is another important aspect of treatment and quality of life. And so we absolutely encourage our patients to exercise. That's probably one of the most important things you can do for yourself. There are so many benefits associated with it. It could certainly help with uh, some symptoms like having low energy it could also help with mood and fatigue and just mobility. And so we absolutely encourage our patients to do that. And, and then, you know, another myth that sometimes is associated with MS is that you shouldn't exercise. And, and again, we want um, people to do that, um, obviously within um, measures that are safe. So that's important. With regard to diet right now, there is so much literature out there about different diets that have been looked at for multiple sclerosis. At this point, we really just encourage patients to eat a heart-healthy diet. Um, and then the last thing I think you mentioned was with regard to mood, and that is another important factor that we address with our MS patients. There is a higher you know, incidence of mood disorders that we will see in MS patients, um, and we know that when we address those, people tend to do better. It also relates to kind of how active you are. It's important that um, patients you know, try to stay um, socially active, whether it's, you know, through work or volunteering. Again, that all contributes to just wellness and quality of life. And do you have any final thoughts? Give us some hope, maybe some research that you know about as far as looking forward to the future for people living with MS. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest areas of research that we are really interested in right now is looking at a way to repair um, again, like I mentioned, we're, you know, we're good at treating some of the symptoms and trying to stop attacks, but we don't really have a good way to go back and fix areas that have been damaged previously. And so looking at you know, different literature, there's different studies that have been looking at remyelination, um, that definitely is giving us you know, some hope. That's, a, again, a, a, an area of MS which we don't have adequate treatment for, but folks are really working hard toward this, and I'm hopeful that eventually that will be something that we are able to offer to patients as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Rosenthal, for joining us today and sharing with us some real good facts about MS and giving us hope for the future. Thank you again. And that wraps up this episode of Shepherd Center Radio. Please visit our website at shepherd.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Shepherd Center podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.